Well, thank you for joining us today on Tetelestai. We are going to look today for just a moment at the life of Joseph. And, you know, all of us go through things in our lives that can be perceived when we are in the midst of them or going into them as being bad. I mean, we we, we, we experience things that seem to be very negative. Um, we don't understand why. We ask a lot of the why questions when we're in the midst of those difficult places. We wonder, you know, why the Lord has allowed us to be placed in such a position. Joseph's life is a great example of that. But here's the thing. We tend to forget that when we, as a child of God, find ourselves in any situation or circumstance, even the ones that are of our own doing, maybe because of a bad choice that we've made in our lives, none of these things, first and foremost, is a surprise to God. Secondly, because he is all-knowing, he has known all things from the beginning before there ever even was a creation. He knew about our choices. He knew the places we would find ourselves in. And he has committed himself to and promised to work all things out together for our good, no matter how tragic, dark, devastating, soul-crushing, emotionally painful, those things might be at the moment or at the time we're going through them. Even the actions of other people who are fully responsible for their actions, God doesn't make anybody do anything, but God factors in and knows all potential possibilities if they do this, this will happen. If they do that, that will happen. And then I'm going to respond in this way, this way, or this way. God knows it all. And when we look at the life of Joseph, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I think about when he, you know, obviously has his dreams. His brothers are jealous of him. Jacob is playing favorites with him, and they all know that. <clears throat> and they're jealous. They don't like him. They hate him actually. Joseph has the dream of these, you know, that are misinterpreted, that his brothers, his father, his family are going to come and bow down to him. They think he's lost his mind. He's off his rocker. He is an arrogant, proud, you know, uh, puffed up little snot-nosed kid that needs to be put in his place. Well, Joseph is told by Jacob to go, you know, check on his brothers, see how they're doing. Joseph volunteers, and of course, Joseph goes to look for them in Genesis 37, and he is wandering around trying to find them. He thinks they're, they're in Shechem, and a man finds him. Joseph is wandering around the field. The man says, what are you looking for, basically? And he's, well, I'm looking for my brothers. Just tell me where they're pasturing the flock. And he says, well, they've journeyed from here, and I heard them saying, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. Now, the scripture tells us that they saw him from a distance, and before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. Now, if you know the story of Joseph, you know that ultimately he is going to be their savior. 
His dreams are going to come true. They are going to bow down before him because he's going to be placed in the highest position in Egypt, second only to Pharaoh. Uh, and he is going to be a deliverer for not only his own people, but also Egypt and the nations, many of the nations in the world at the known time because of the famine that's coming. But here his brothers are plotting to kill him. And they said, here comes the dreamer. So let us now kill him, cast him into the one of the pits, and then we'll say a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. Well, Reuben heard it, and of course, he delivers Joseph out of their hands. He said, let's don't strike him. Don't, don't take his life. Don't kill him. And he further said to him, let's don't shed any blood. Let's just cast him into this pit in the wilderness, but don't put our hands against him that he might deliver him out of their hands and then, of course, return him to his father. And you know what happens from that point on. Obviously, he is stripped, he's put into the pit, he's sold off into slavery, and this the story goes. But notice this. God is going to work all these negative situations out in Joseph's life for a positive thing. This looks bad for him. I can't imagine being him, his own brothers hating him, throwing him into this pit, then eventually selling him into slavery. Reuben wanted to simply spare his life. Now, they wanted to kill him. So God intervenes through Reuben to stop them from killing him because if they'd killed him, all the rest of the plan would have never unfolded. Reuben is intervening. God is working through Reuben to save Joseph's life. And it's imperative that Joseph get to Egypt because Egypt is where the drama is going to really unfold and play out. So God is going to work through his brother's betrayal and he's going to work through them selling him into slavery and then getting him to Egypt to ultimately put him in the position of authority that he's going to be in in order to deliver and save the nation of Israel as well as Egypt and the known world at the time. Joseph could have never fathomed in the moment that he was cast into the pit and betrayed by his brothers that this was going to be the outcome of this series of what he probably was perceiving at that time as a series of unfortunate events. Later on, when he is elevated to the position that he's in and he sees things from the other side of the river, as it were, he's crossed over now through the raging waters of suffering. He's been accused of trying to rape Potiphar's wife thrown into prison. He's been uh, forgotten in prison, then brought out of prison, elevated to that position next to Pharaoh to save and deliver the nation. He's on the other side. Now he can look back, and when he finally does reveal himself later on in Genesis to his brothers, he can say, look, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. The Apostle Paul reiterates this reality. God is able to make all things work together for the good to those who love him and are the called according to his purpose. If you're his child, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you are facing, he is able to work it out for the good. He's able to turn the lemons into lemonade. He's able to turn the sour into sweet. He is able to turn the dark to light. He is able to turn the bad and the evil to good and to glory. He is able to do that. 
Not that he's the one that causes these negative things to happen. Certainly, he's aware of them. He knows them. But again, he is committed to taking the worst that life throws at us. And he is committed to turning it around and working it out for our good. When we're going through these things, we may not get it. We may ask a lot of whys. We may feel like Joseph did in prison, despondent, despairing, feeling like there's no hope. Why am I here? Why are you allowing these things to happen to me? We'll go through that. But then once we get to the other side, we will, in some sense, maybe get an understanding of why we had to go through what we went through, because it was preparing us for something that was coming. God was getting us ready, growing us up, developing our character. I mean, he's committed, obviously, to making us like Jesus. And this is what one of the major things that are happening when we're going through difficult times. And we may not understand it, but God is working in our character, conforming us to the image of his son. So I don't know what you may be going through today, but in the midst of whatever it is, no matter how difficult it might be, give thanks. Give thanks because you can express confidently by faith, even though you don't see it yet, you can express by faith the fact that God is going to turn this thing, whatever it is in your life, out for good. He's going to turn it into a diamond, a glorious diamond, and a beautiful treasure that you'll look back on and say, wow, 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 wow. Someone or something meant that for evil, but God turned it out for good. He's committed to that. He's committed to you because he loves you. May our Father, the great Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, may the grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of our Father and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be yours both now and evermore. Have a blessed day. 